Hello, hello, hello. God bless you all. So thankful that we are here again this week. It is truly an honor to be able to have our chat again tonight. This song has been in my spirit all day long. And I just want to just, just sing the chorus a little bit. You all know it. Holy Holy, you are Lord God Almighty, worthy is the Lamb, worthy is the Lamb, you are holy, holy. You are Lord God Almighty, precious is the Lamb, precious is the Lamb, you are holy. Tonight, we, the topic is, what did the preacher talk about? What preacher are we talking about? Or the pastor, who are we talking about? We're talking about the most wonderful shepherd of all shepherds. We're talking about the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. We're talking about the way maker, the burden bearer, the lifter up of hung down heads. We're talking about the wheel in the middle of the wheel. We're talking about Lord God Almighty. What did he preach about? We hear all the time of Matthew 5, talk about the Beatitudes, you know, the Sermon on the Mount. And generally, uh, most people will just link that, ser the, surmise the whole sermon in 11 verses. They call them the Beatitudes. You know, let's just, just do the Beatitudes first. It says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the humble, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful. For they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You are blessed when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Be glad and rejoice because your reward is great in heaven. For that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Then he went on to tell you uh, about the difference between telling you how it, you were as a believer, you were salt and light, and, and he talks about, it talks about how he fulfilled the law, and all of these different things. 
But when you talk about the Sermon of the Mount, you know, generally, let's go before we go there. Let's talk about just when we go to church. You know, generally you hear someone say, well, what did your pastor talk about? Or or, what did the man or woman of God preach on? And you would get so many different answers from people who were in the same service. What was their focus on? Now, we know that in today's society, their focus is on blessings. That's why the Beatitudes is so popular. But they don't talk about the part where you are blessed if you're persecuted by folks who are talking about you. Speaking all sorts of evil about you. They don't consider that to be a blessing. They consider blessings if stacks of money. You don't care how you get it, just get it. Um, you have people talking about uh, the difference between Satanism and, 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 and Satanists. Uh, <laughs> They were saying that to to be a Satanist means that you're not worshiping Satan. It just means that you do whatever you want to do. Whatever you believe in, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do is okay. And that's not worshiping Satan. Because when you do your own will and not God's, you're against God. And... <laughs> That's just a side, you know, the side note. Let's just think about that real good. They said the difference between a Satanist and a Satan worshiper is the Satan worshiper worships Satan. And a Satanist does what they want to do. Whatever they want to do, it can be vile, it can be perverse, it can be evil. But whatever they want to do because they want to do it, you are a Satanist. See, that, that's just a, 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 a fabricated way. That is a, a wash, white wash way of saying you're still worshiping Satan, darling, but it's not as evil and it's not as uh, uh, foreboding as most folks try to put it. Let's go back to, let's just simmer on that a little bit. Let's go back to the sermon. What did the pastor preach on? He was here 33 and a half years. And so many people have tried to prove that wrong, prove that he wasn't who he said he was. They tried to prove that, oh, Mary, she wasn't really a virgin. She had other children. And the word told you that, but they didn't have, she didn't have any children until after God himself had entered and exited that womb. That womb. And the Lord was not going to be so vile and vicious and nasty as to enter into this woman's body and she becomes a mother and loving the, the job and then all of a sudden and in the culture that she was in, she was going to be labeled barren and or she was going to be labeled as, you know, because in many cultures the, the mother-in-law would get the husband married to another wife real quick if she doesn't get a grandchild. All sorts of things such as that. But Mary's case, she would have been called a hoe, a slut. She would have been called an adultery because she was, uh, she was betrothed. She was engaged. And engagement in the culture literally meant she was married. They just hadn't gone through the ceremony yet. She was not to be flirting. She was not to have men um, trying to uh, side-eye her, talk to her on the sly. She wasn't supposed to be doing that sort of thing either. She was practically married to Joseph. And yet, she come up with a baby, and he knew he didn't touch her. So all of this stuff, 
And the Lord was so gracious and merciful and mighty. He had a specific reason for choosing the specific person he did from the specific line that he did. And the specific husband for her. Specific. He was all the way detailed, definitely intentional about everything that he did because he's God. And when he says something, he means it. He's going to follow all the way down the letter to what he said. Most of us as men and women, when we uh, uh, preach a sermon, we definitely have to hear from the Lord what it is he wants us to talk about. What's on your heart today, Lord? What is it that you want us to feed these people? But when it was God himself, he could flow freely flow from his heart what it is that he knew that the people needed. And it wasn't just blessings like money, because when you read what he said to begin his sermon, he was talking about what it is to be blessed. He said, blessed are those that are poor in spirit. You know, uh, you're not quite where you need to be yet. But blessed are you. The kingdom of heaven is yours. He went on to talk about, you know, if you are mourning, they will be comforted. I know that some people might have wondered why I haven't said too much about my mother's birthday and all of that sort of thing. Because I don't want to offend people or hurt people. But she made me promise some things and I'm keeping up to that promise because she knew her children. She knew that she didn't want us grieving the rest of our life and I won't. I will always cherish her. I will always love her. I will always hold her in high esteem because she was so real. She was so loving. She was so kind. But yet, she, she, she would tell you the truth about herself. So if she could tell you the truth about herself and mistakes and the enemy invading in her life, she could definitely look in your face and tell you the truth. And I love that because she had such childlike faith like we're supposed to have. She, was, she left here believing that he was going to do what he was going to do. But at the same time, she knew that the enemy had done some things. And she knew that uh, it was going to take the Lord to either heal her or he going to take her on. But uh, one of my sisters had said that she was decided that she was ready. I'm trying to plug something in here, y'all. Um, she was ready to go. And, uh, and that's okay. I'm okay with that. Because the truth of the matter is God had to be ready for her to go because she wouldn't have been able to leave here except he had said yes. We know that. But the Sermon on the Mount, we hear about these 11 verses. But did you all really take time to remember that the Sermon of the Mount was what? The Sermon of the Mount was actually three chapters long and 110 verses. Absolutely. He was up on the mount. He was preaching to the people. He was telling them everything that they needed to know because he was on a mission for the Most High God who was himself, but he called himself his own father because he now gave himself a human body. And human beings had to come from the Most High God. That's who we were created from. 
I know that somebody said, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. What did she just say? I just said what he said all the time. When you see him, you saw the father. They were one. Then he said, I'm going to send my spirit back to you. That means they are one. I'm not here to try to change someone's ideals, what they identify with, what they can able to accept. I'm here to say what he said. He said that he, the God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, are one. Now, we realize the different cultures say God in three persons. That Many people, because of their cultures, they had different gods. So they want to say that God was three. He said he's one. I asked the Lord himself. I asked him, I said, well, Lord, because, you know, he does talk to us if we listen to him. I said, Lord, explain that to me. I really want to know. How is that? He said, you're triune yourself. I made you triune. I said, you did? Yes. You have a spirit. You have a soul. You have a body. And he said, just see it as this. He was telling me, he says, when I'm in my capacity as God, that would be like you were saying, your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Now, this is how we were laying it to a child. Just understand, this was a, a child's conversation. He is God. How he wants to manifest himself is himself. But how he was relating it to me so I could understand for me. Because you have so many folks' <laughs> opinions and agendas. And he said, your body... That's your body. Like Christ was the body. Well, Jesus was the body. The person he came to be. But Christ was the spirit of who he is. The Messiah that he came to save mankind. He brought his spirit back. He said that from the beginning that I'm a spirit. And those who worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. So he's spirit. Who was able to give himself a body. Who was able to save mankind who was who is both spirit and in flesh. When you go to heaven, I really do feel, believe, and definitely according to what the Lord has said, you're going to see Jesus sitting on the throne. You're not going to see three. You're not going to see that. But you will see the same Jesus that came down here to save us, to deliver us. Set us free. Get us back into a relationship with him. That's who you're going to see. Now, if I'm wrong, the Lord is going to tell me. I'm not trying to create a new doctrine. So anyone who has that, 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 over, that highly sensitive uh, uh, spirit or highly critical spirit, I'm not mad at you. You can go ahead. You can criticize if you like and say that I, I, I wasn't thinking right. And that's okay because he hasn't said anything about it. So I'm good. Not trying to be ugly, but that's just the way it is. We don't have time for all of this foolishness. We don't have time to be arguing over things that does not save anybody. Doesn't make sense. When he's talking about the Sermon on the Mount, we, we want to know exactly what he's, he's saying. When you go to church or you listening to your favorite ministers on, on TV or radio or online, 
If they're giving you a word that the Lord is giving to them to give you. Now, we're not talking about coming this $500 line. I need you to, the Lord is telling me to tell you $1,500 because they want a new Rolls Royce. We're not talking about foolishness such as that. We're not talking about, oh, the Lord told me to tell you that your husband is over there uh, 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 in the Hyatt Regency. He just got got off the plane from Dubai and, and he's got a quarter of a million dollars in his pocket. And if you... Uh, uh, so into this ministry right here and give us uh, $2,500, then the Lord is going to link you up with that man. You liar, shut up. All of this foolishness. Get into ministry just to show off and show out. Get into ministry just to lie to folks. To try to look so good. Sounds so good and the life just corrupts. So jealous and envious. Full of strife. Jealous of other preachers. Who got the most men members. Oh, silliness is that. How are you, woman of God? Glad to see you. And the thing is, such as, let's talk about churches. The Lord was having his church. Everybody came. From all over, people will walk. They was, he was, they were sitting down. Sometimes he got in a boat. He had to sit down in a boat. The folks sitting on the, on, the, on the ground, on the hills and all this, and they listening to him. We got churches on every corner, even in small towns. Some churches in the same acreage, probably an acre of land, and you have two churches, and, and then y'all have, have been one once, and you split up, and then instead of one going one direction, and the other one going the next direction, you want to be arrogant in front of the Lord and show him that you constantly in your rebellion, and y'all stay right there separated, and came out the same body. That's what we have over here in America. That's the reason why the enemy can come so quickly and talk about, you need a blessing, Lord already told you, you're blessed when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Now, how many people call that a blessing in America? You talked about like a junkyard dog. Dogs are even talked to better than you. Treated better than folks treat you. And here you are talking about, I'm blessed if I'm wealthy. And he said clearly in his word that it is very, very, Lord, let's talk about his sermon. What did he talk about? He said, believers are like salt and light. That's what he said. What did he say? He said, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its saltiness, what did he say? It's no longer good for anything. But we don't say that. If you're not praying, if you're not fasting, if you're not constantly listening to the Lord, you got to hear everybody tell you a word and you don't have one for yourself because you haven't listened to him. Then you losing saltiness. You know, good. That's what he said. But did you hear what the preacher said? Did you hear the pastor's sermon? Did you hear it clearly? Or what were you trying to look off over there in the distance to see who had on what, who was with whom, who you can get with, who I'm going to get hooked up with? Was that what you were doing? Did you come to church just so you can get your name on the road to, to tell somebody I belong to a church? Or did you come there to criticize? Because, you know, that's a common practice today. Unless you counsel somebody, you haven't done anything. If you haven't talked about them like a like they're nothing, you really not in. If you don't have women wearing stuff so tight and wondering why they're being called skanks, and, and, and then you got the children acting like they're little miniature skanks, but you think that's okay, that's good, girl, you go ahead. 
You show your stuff. But you say, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit. You're supposed to be a mother of the church. Really now. Did you hear anything that he said in the sermon? He also went on to say that you're the light of the world. That's what he said. He said a city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. That's what you're supposed to be. They see you. They know you're different. They know you love them, but they know you're not going to be a part of them. Not in that mess. But no, now it's, it's to the point. And yes, I'm going to say this because I know that some of these craziness has gotten into these uh, so-called Christian gospel singers. And, and Kurt Franklin, I'm praying for you. Dietrich had, and I'm praying for you. <laughs> Y'all need to stop tripping. But anyway... You're talking about you want to slam the church folks for saying you have no business being with darkness. But you say you say. You're making a different rule. Did you not hear what the pastor told you? Were you listening to the sermon and all? Light has no fellowship with darkness, darling. But here you are saying that we need to be together. We need to show everybody that we can handle it. Who are you? Are you God? He told you not to do it. He knows that without him, we so weak, we can do any and everything. We become so corrupt. We can murder people with our thoughts. And if we think it long enough, we will do it. We can set up entrapments for people because we angry. And you think we don't need God? Are you truly a Satanist or what? A Satanist, you do what you want. That's what they said. The Church of Satan says that. It's not that you worship in Satan. You just want what you want. Really now. That, that, that says a lot. <laughs> Let's just keep that thought. That's saying a really lot. When we start saying all sorts of things we want, we want these laws, we want these rules because we want what we want. But we were sitting in a sermon, we heard the pastor talking about we're supposed to be the light and the salt of the earth. Oh, but we got to blend in. We can't offend folks. Folks now saying they want to be a dog. They identify as being a dog. They identify as being a cat. They identify as being a rock. They identify as this. They identify as that. And God said, you were what I made you. Did you not hear him? Was the music too loud for you? Was you so caught up in the, 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 the music that you couldn't hear the words? Oh, that's right. Christ didn't have all that stuff going on. He went straight to your heart. Now, wait a minute. What did he say? He also told me, he said, listen, listen. I want y'all to know right now. I didn't come here to change anything, to annihilate anything that God said. No, I didn't do that. Mm -mm. I know y'all want me to. I'm going to have to talk about how the, 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 the 613, they call it misfought the Jewish people, to see, to let us see what God really did for us. We got to talk about that one day. Don't think I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. Now, a lot of people say, now, now, does that make sense? He didn't come to abolish it. He came to fulfill them. 
Fulfilled people say that means he ended it. We hear that all the time. Fulfilled means he he was the only one that could fulfill the position. He's the only one that could to to hold to 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 hold on to the job. When you you get in a job, you put your your resume in. They see if you have the credentials to fulfill the position. Now I know somebody saying, "Well, wait a minute. She's talking what she's saying. He didn't get rid of the law. He said that. I didn't." He said, I didn't come to abolish the law of the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not a small letter, nor one stroke of a letter will pass away from the law until all things are accomplished. All things were accomplished. Yes, he did. He came to fulfill everything that the Lord has said. That he was going to do. Now. The laws he came to fulfill. That when a woman slept with a dog. That dog and her supposed to die. If a man slept with an animal. The man and the animal was supposed to die. If a woman was caught in adultery. She was supposed to have been stoned to death. You saw he was fixing that right then. He was giving her grace. When she was literally caught by some of the folks. That set her up. The woman caught in adultery. He said, okay. You without seeing gold can't cast the first stone. He didn't even say don't kill her. He said he didn't come to destroy the law. That's what he said. He came to fulfill it. In other words, I'm going to fulfill the obligation. I'm going to live up to what the word said, what the law said. I'm not going to be a lawbreaker. I come to fulfill it. He, when they brought the woman there, you know good and well. If someone caught you in the very act of adultery, they saw you. They right there. They knew you were going to do it. They knew what time you were going to do it. So why were they trying to set her up? Maybe she was a wife or somebody they were angry with. Maybe they were just so low down and dirty. They just wanted to try to trap Jesus. So they set this woman up. I already knew that they were in a relationship with one another. Why didn't you not pray for the husband that he can be the husband and, and, and that he needed to be? or And then she could be the wife that she needed to be. Why did you not do that? Why did you set them up? They brought her on. He said, okay, you without sin cast the first stone. He didn't say don't kill him. But he knew that they were sinful and they knew it. Because the law also said that we need to talk about that one day. You weren't supposed to be a false witness. But they were. They did that even when they, they set up a, 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 a jury trial with, without the witnesses there. That was against the law. But they did it. The church leaders did it. They were breaking the law left and right and he didn't. You were not supposed to, uh, uh, and then when, if a man was to have sex with a virgin or somebody that was betrothed to somebody else, he was supposed to pay her restitution. But if she wasn't engaged, she was supposed to, he was supposed to marry her. You see how things changed? Young men decide they want to want a woman. They can't wait. They got to have her because they hot in the pants right there at the moment. Doesn't mean the woman always have to be dressing tight. 
with tight clothes, a woman is beautiful. She's made to be beautiful. Mankind's supposed to love on the woman. Yeah, sure. But you're supposed to treat her right. So when this man was to do these things and, and he, 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 he takes this virgin, he was to make, pay restitution or marry her. Now we have young women raising children by themselves. Sometimes because they want to. They married because you knew that young man was with somebody else. And then you thought that you, if you give him yourself, he's going to love you enough to stay with you. No, we got to know <laughs> what we're getting into. We got to pray. So he said, no, I didn't come to the abolish. I came to fulfill. I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not did heaven and earth pass away? He said, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or one stroke of a letter will pass away from the law until all things are accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commands and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. Did they hear what the pastor said? So he had to fulfill everything, every prophecy, over 300 prophecies, how he was going to redeem the children back to God. Even the different nations, how he was going to come in and give them an opportunity to get back into the place of God. He had to fulfill every bit of that. How can we? How many prophecies have been spoken on us? Most of it, you're going to have this kind of money and all of this foolishness. All of us had to be cleaned up when we, became, when we uh, got in a relationship with the Lord. Because somebody had dipped into Satanism. They call it, well, you didn't say you're worshiping Satan. That's what the Satanists said. It's just you want what you want. So you got people saying they're prophets, and the only thing they're showing you is stacks of money and robbing you. You needing your bills paid, and you believing God enough to do what you can't do, what your paycheck is not doing. You need him to fix your, your wife being sick or your husband being sick or your child being sick. You need a peace of mind. You might need a healing yourself. And you know your paycheck is not going to give you that supernatural healing. So you got somebody who already wants to be wealthy. Everybody that's prophesying and not even saved. Let's get that straight. Oh, you don't believe it? You know what the word said. You know what he told you. He said many going to come to him in that day. And did they not say the Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not heal the sick in your name? He said, I never knew you. You work of iniquity. Get away from me. Everybody not saved is prophesying. And then there are some people who are prophesying who has dipped over into wanting what they want. They've walked away from the Lord and don't even know it. When you start looking at people as they are your source of wealth, you're not in the presence of God. Nowhere in his sermon you're going to find him saying that. What did he also say? Let's go on further in his sermon. When he was talking about murder begins in the heart. What did he say? He said, you heard that it was said to our ancestors. See, because you know Jesus went to Jews first. 
He sent his apostles out to all the rest of us. And it's amazing because it was a Gentile that started the Jews in the first place. But then he had to go and redeem the Jews. See, Abraham knew the Lord. The rest of us, you start hearing Brother James say, don't be like the Gentiles. They're murderers, they're liars and fornicators and all this stuff. So don't be like that. Because they were taught the laws, how to treat folks, how to conduct even your court systems, not to take somebody's property and not give it back. And if it did happen to become damaged in your care, you're supposed to pay restitution to it. You got folks now to act like they didn't break anything. That they didn't say anything wrong to you. Let's just sweep this under the rug. But they knew 613 different rules. How to treat folks. Treat strangers correctly. Don't put your scales uh, out of balance to cheat folks. And then you have some people, they have something on a scale to make it seem like it's level and it's not. Make it more heavy than it really was. And you're not getting the product that you were asking for. He said, don't do stuff like that. So they knew all of these laws. So when he's talking to them, all he had to do is remind them, you heard that it was said. So when people coming up with Christ didn't say this about what they want to do now in their flesh. Why would he have to when it's already said what you're not supposed to do? Clearly said me and wasn't supposed to be sleeping with a man. Never said a woman because Christ didn't even see that. I'm sorry if that hurting your feelings, but it's just the way it is. You can't be a Christian and not be able to understand what the preacher said. Did he, what, did he not tell you? Then he told them, like we said, if you slept with a dog, both the dog and the person supposed to have been dead. Now we wonder about sex, 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 sex. Yeah. He created it for marriage, folks. Did you not read the song of Solomon? How Solomon loved her from the crown of her head to her sole of her feet and he didn't miss anything in between. Now, if that was too raw for you, I'm sorry, don't read the word. But he didn't say all of this sodomy. He said, don't do it. He gave you enough to be, to be pleasurable. Pleasurable and to be pleased with your own. That's what he said. Now, yes, I know. I'm about to touch on some stuff that proved that, yes, I didn't always obey myself. A lot of people want to say, well, wait, 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 wait. Let's get here. He said, you heard to not murder. He said, but I tell you. What did he say? Whoever murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you, everyone who is angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Whoever insults his brother or sister will be subject to the court. Whoever says you fool will be subject to hellfire. Now listen, listen. Did you hear what the pastor said? We're talking all of this stuff saying we all saved. And he just told you, if you are angry with your brothers and sisters in the Lord, you already a little murderer. Because if you're angry, you're going to say some stuff. You'll try to do some things. You'll start talking about them. You'll lie on them. You know you could be wrong, but you're running your lip. When you're not supposed to be doing all of that. He even told us, if you're angry with, you got to alt with your brothers and sisters. And you coming to the Lord and you about to bring your offering. Leave that offering there. Don't take it back. You leave it right here. 
Go and fix that problem between you two. Then come back and get this offering and offer it up to me. Did you hear? If you're angry with your brother in your heart, you insult them. And you call them a fool. He said, first, if you're angry with your brother and sister, you'll be subject to judgment. Whatever judgment he put on there. Then he says, whoever insults his brother or sister will be subject to the court. You're going to the court with him. Huh? Then he says, whoever calls the brother or sister in Christ a fool will be subject to hell fire. Now, did you hear the pastor? What was you doing? Was you looking off? Was your mind there? Were you on your job? Thinking about your job while you were in the church? Did you hear what the pastor said? Can you tell somebody else what you heard when you get home? And we, we went on and told you that he said that if you have, uh, you are offering your gift on the altar. And you remember that your brother and sister have an altar with you. Go and fix it. Then come and offer your gift. Hmm. Well. Well, let me tell you to try to get that settled quick. Don't let the enemy come to you. Because if the enemy start messing playing with your mind, then you're going to get in a fix. No, let's talk about adultery. What did he say about that? He said, you have heard it said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you, everyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. You didn't have to touch it. You just thought it. That's what he said. Mm -hmm. We're talking about those who say that they love the Lord. See, those that are in the world, they don't know this. They live by different rules. But those who say they love the Lord, that's who we're talking to right now. Mm -hmm. He said it. Then he told him, he says, um, if your right eye causes you to sin, you're supposed to gouge it out. Not literally. But if you had, if that was your problem, then yeah, you need to. He's, <laughs> he said it's better for you to lose some of your parts of your body than to go to hell with all of them. <laughs> Whew! What did he say? Now this part is one that a lot of church folks have beaten me with. Other than the fact that I'm a woman and the Lord called me into the ministry. But anyway, this one. He says... It was also said, whoever divorces his wife must give her a written notice of divorce. You know, that's what he gave Moses. Moses was a prophet. And Moses heard from the Lord directly, told him. And Moses gave them a, 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 a divorce decree. He said, but I tell you, everyone who divorces his wife except in a case of sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. So if you got a divorce and, 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 and that person didn't cheat on you, he said that, that wasn't good. So, so in my case, if you, you got some abuse going on in y'all's relationships and all of this stuff and just the children just don't need to be hearing and seeing all this foolishness and you decide I'm not going to keep doing this. Lord, I know you love me, but you got to fix this. And I'm sure... That they were saying the same thing. We got to fix this. I'm not saying they were evil. Not weren't good men. I'm not saying that. And somebody will wonder. Y'all know me. I, I, Y'all know. So. 
But the grace, you want to see how much grace God gave us? That even when we had messed up, and there may be some repercussions that you have, such as when you get a divorce, your children, it, it causes them some pain. Even if they know the situation is not good, it's going to cause them some pain. You shouldn't keep your children from the, the former spouse anyway. That's the children. You don't do that. And you, got, you have people doing that now. You don't want to come when I want you to. Then you don't see these children. That's not right. You don't treat no man that way. You don't treat your women, the wives that way. You don't do foolishness such as that. You didn't do right. He couldn't stay there with you. You might have been a mean, no nasty little witch. I'm sorry to tell you, but it's the truth. You got some women that are just nasty. Cool and vicious. Everything that come out of their mouth, they want to practically send him to hell like they're God. Because they're hurting inside. And then you got the other hand too. But you got to understand, ladies, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to tell you. The head of the house, you need to pray for him. And that's why he tell us to don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. That's what he said. You better listen. I don't care how good they look or good they sound. If they don't believe in the most high God like you. Or even if they believe in him, but they don't worship him like you. They, they, they don't trust him like you. They just believe that he is. Or it's a possibility or maybe it's a theory. You're going to have some problems <laughs> doing whatever the Lord has for you to do. And they might not hinder you from doing it directly. Oh, but they're hindering you. That's both male and female. That one was for free. That sounds like my daddy, but that one was for free. But it's the truth. We, we want to bind people to places what the Lord did not say. He said that if you divorce except for someone cheating on you, he said that's adultery. Did you not hear what the pastor said? So all these folks are talking about, well, they're going to hell because they got a divorce. What he just said, listen to him clearly. If that person cheated on you, that's not adultery. That's what he said. Now, we don't want, he said, because he went on, he said, it wasn't even from the beginning was you supposed to have divorce because the hardness of man's heart. But he gave us grace. He, he knew. But that's some things, Lord, <laughs> we need some help on. But did he send that person to hell because they got a divorce and it wasn't because somebody cheated? Because they were beat on or all of these kind of things. Did he send them to hell? He didn't even say that. He's just telling you how he sees things. So while you're trying to give me all of your rules and trying to make it real good for you to suit you, to make you feel good in your mess, I'm going to show you how I see it. And when you see it like I see it, you'll stop trying me like that. You'll see that I love you. But you're going to do things my way. I will forgive you when you listen to me. I'm trying to tell God what we want. Who we want. And if we just listen, he'll give us who he wants for us. And besides, ladies, just, just get real. I'm sick and tired of hearing all of this. Honey, let me tell you. 
I don't want no man that don't have this type of job or that type of job. I want this man to have this type of car. I want this man to have this type of money. I want this man. Shut it down. First of all, you're supposed to be so hidden into the Lord that you don't know he's even found you. He, the word says, Proverbs 18, that he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor with the Lord. Isn't it Proverbs 18 and 22? Where did it say women go find your husband? We don't know what we're doing. We get so caught up on emotions. They could say some, there's some slick rick jokers. They like to compliment you and don't even mean it. They just see something in you. Want to use you. See how, how you're going to, to uh, excite their, their fancy at the time. And they already got their mind and heart on somebody else. Yeah, you got some folks like that, male and female. And it's sad when a woman go like that. You got women that don't even want a man if she don't get paid. You're just a hoe, but you don't want nobody to call you one, though. You really don't. But that's what you are. Then you can't say a woman because she gets benefits that she's a whore. That's a lie. That's a covenant. She's a wife. Those are entitled to her. His money, his honey is hers. Her money, her honey is his. Everybody else, you playing house. He said not to do that. I know that doesn't sound popular in today's society because there's Satanists and don't even know it. Those who just joined us, Satanists said that they're not worshiping Satan. A Satan they say that um, Satan worship is you worshiping Satan, but a Satanist, you're just doing what you want to do. So that according to their definition, then the world's, most of the world's societies are Satanists. You're still worshiping Satan. I don't care how you put it, but you are. You're not listening to the Lord. Then he tells you in his sermon, because you remember the Sermon on the Mount, is what? Three chapters long and 110 verses. Not just 11. Not the, just the Beatitudes. That was not the whole sermon. He went on and started telling you to tell the truth. When you make an oath, don't break it. I tell you better not to, it's better for you not to even make an oath if you can't keep it. But if you promise something, deliver. Don't tell that lie. He said, don't even take an oath either by heaven because it's God's throne. Is that what he said? And he said, oh, by earth because that's his footstool. Don't be promising stuff. Oh, I swear by God. I swear on my mama's grave and all this stuff. I'm Shut that down. And how many times he didn't kill us for saying stupid junk like that? And we don't see how loving he is. The way he sees things, all of us are supposed to be wiped out, done. And you don't know what grace is? Grace is not just because he killed the laws. He gave them back to you. Even more so. In two, he said, love the God, Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. That means you're going to do it, not going to hurt folks. You're not going to steal from them. You're not going to covet their stuff. You're not going to try to extort. Lie on them. That's what he said. He said, when you tell the truth, just simply say yes and no. 
Everything else he said is of the devil, but we say, uh, I'm not worshiping the devil. When you do it, you have stepped outside his will. Just say yes or no. He told us you couldn't, you can't even make your hair white or black. I pull my hair back right now, you start seeing the white in my temples like my mother had. She had beautiful white temples. He told you then. What did he tell you? He said you go the extra mile. Go the second mile with them. Still in the Sermon of the Mount? He said, you have heard that it said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. He said, ah, I'm telling you right now, don't, no, 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 no. Don't resist folks when they're trying to do that. Trying to force you into things and hurt you. He said, don't do it. He said, what? On the contrary, if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other to him also. You got to be a bold somebody. You have to be sure enough strong if they literally did that and you sat there. Because I've seen people like that. You hit them and they don't move. You better run. <laughs> but the Lord said, and he's speaking spiritually too. When they do that, they hurt you like that. Don't try to get them back. Uh -uh. Mm -mm. Don't become an evildoer. Because I already know your flesh is going to get in a mess. They hit your flesh. Your flesh is going to react. Don't do it. He tells them, as for someone who wants to sue you and take away your shirt, he said, let me have your coat too. Go have that. Don't let your heart be on stuff is what he was saying. Because wherever your heart is, that's where your spirit will be. Your, your allegiance will be. You're going to worship this stuff. He don't want you to do that. The Lord's going to take care of you. If he tell you things like that, he said, if someone forces you to go a mile with them, go too. Why is he using these analogies? Give to the one that asks to you and don't turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Stop being so selfish and greedy. We wouldn't have a deficit if things were done right. This nation not broke. We just got more money dis disproportioned. And they can say what they want to. Because I know what the Lord has said. And he tells us that we don't have to worry about where we're going to eat or where we're going to sleep or what we're going to, what we're going to put on. We shouldn't be worrying about food in the grocery store. He's not a liar. You can't do it. Also, he tells us to love your enemies. He told them again, you have heard that it was said. You know, he's talking to folks that was taught the right way from birth. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Folks, that you know lied on you, talked about you like a dog. Shut your lip, don't tell nobody else. I know you're hurting. I know you got to get it out. You just feel you just got to let it out. And you're going to just vent that stuff on people that cannot handle it. And they're going to run and it becomes gossip. And now you are a murderer, according to him. You gossip, you're a murderer. That's the way he sees things. And see how much grace he has given us. Now, when you're telling the truth, people tell you, well, the Lord said not to judge. No, he told you you're supposed to judge. You judge righteously, yes. He said judge not. Let you be judged the same measure you judge. You're going to be met again. Yep, that's right. Mm-hmm, sure will. That's why he tell you to judge righteously. And besides, when somebody's doing something that's wide open, how in, that's judgment. You can see, you call sin, sin. 
Stop all this mess. He told us even how to give. He said, don't be giving and letting everybody see what you're giving. That's what these hypocrites do. These Pharisees, these false preachers, these false pastors, these false evangelists, these false bishops. That, that. I tell you what, that's what they do. Now, we got the real deal. The Lord placed the gift, the bodies, the, the gifts in the body. Yes, he did. But see, these, these phony ones are trying to make the body look sick and weak. Nobody want to trust men and women of God anymore because of what folks are saying and what they have done. He told us how to pray. It's when he told us, he said that whenever you pray, you don't be like the hypocrites. They love to pray standing in, on the, in the synagogues and on the side of the street so they can be seen by folks. That's what he's saying. He said, they got their reward. They want to. He said, they got what they asked for. But you. He's telling you what? Go pray in your private room. That's like when y'all in the prayer service. You know, everybody not in there. Everybody on one accord. Y'all praying. You're not trying to be seen. You want the father to hear you. He knows what's in your heart. He said, don't be babbling. Keep on running your mouth. And he said, what? Like the Gentiles. <laughs> Since they imagined they would be heard for their many words. Unless the Lord, what he's talking about, when you're in public like that, unless he give you something to say, don't be sitting up there, keep on running. And even when you get in a place, sometimes when you talking to the Lord, even in your spirit and you're in the midst of people, there's a time where he allow you to speak and then all of a sudden your spirit will get quiet because now he's speaking to you. He went on to start. He taught them. He said, you pray like this. Our Father, which you are in heaven, telling you to focus on, the, on God first. And he went on to tell you the rest because your name is holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth. As it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. Reminding you of what he said he's going to do. Doesn't mean we have to pray that same prayer all the time. He's giving you a model of what to pray. This is a model prayer. So when you start saying, our Father in heaven, he'll start letting you know everything else. We got the titles. Lord, you are Elohim. You are El Shaddai. You you start praying just like the Holy Spirit is putting in you because what you need of him at that time. Or you praying for the nation. You praying for a family member. Somebody you don't even know. Then he told us how to fast. Don't be sitting up there letting everybody know you fast. And sometimes we mess up doing that. We thinking we're going to tell people. Well would you help me go in. And, and uh, I'm going to go on a fast. And you thinking that they're going to be there with you on it. And oh please. They up there eating their steak and eggs. And everything else. And, and, and then running their mouth telling everybody you fast. And then all of a sudden that's messed up. You don't get what you need from him because you now have made it a show. He then tell us about don't store up for yourself all of this stuff here on earth. These cars that you have people talking about all stacked up in, in their garages won't drive them because they, they are what? They're worshiping them. <laughs> all of this stuff. He said moths will eat this stuff. It'll rust. Don't put your treasures in there. Don't put your whole hope in there. He said, don't do that. You store up your treasures in heaven. He didn't mean that he wanted you to not have anything. But he didn't want you to worship this stuff. He told us not to uh, 
be fearful. Don't worry about what's going to take place and what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to put on. He's going to take care of that. Also, you know, we talked about, he said, don't judge. Let you be judged. What are we talking about judging in a sense where people were trying to criticize somebody else for some things that they are seeing they're doing, but you don't see what you're doing yourself. You know, the Pharisee side type of stuff. You might be doing the very thing that they're doing. You're just not doing it openly. So you're going to sit there and criticize them and tell everybody what they're doing. And God sees what you were doing. He said, take that splinter out your own eye so you can see. If you can see that, hey, listen, you can't see them until you see yourself. Now, when you can see yourself and you know that I needed to deliver you, he delivered you out of that mess, then you can clearly see to tell someone else. So in other words, don't be doing what you're trying to judge. Told you to keep on, you, you, to ask people, say you got to keep on asking, asking and all that. Lord said clearly once, I need you to ask and it will be given unto you. I want you to seek it out and you're going to find it. You're going to knock and I'm going to open this door. You talk to him like he is who he is. You don't have to beg him. You talk to him. He said by your faith. When those that were not even of the faith of the children of Israel came and asked him for something because they had faith in him. He did it. People thinking that when they ask God for something, the first thing they want to talk about is money. He tell you clearly, he said, those who love money, he said, yeah, money answers all things. That means it's going to answer some bills and get you some stuff. Yeah. He said, but those who love money, he said, that is a root of all evil. You do anything for it. And you're not supposed to. He said, you cannot serve God and money. Not going to do it. It's impossible. So when we have, we get money, we're supposed to be able to know what to do with it. Share what he tell you to share it at. You're supposed to be able to feed the hungry, the widows and the orphans. You're supposed to be able to make sure that there's some children that really need some daddies. You don't mean you have to be with the mama, but you need to be able to put something in place where they can be mentored. Now, are you afraid to do that now? Because men looking at little boys like they are, they're, they're, they're lovers. Women looking at little girls like they're, that's their lover. Foolishness such as that because that's Satanist. You do what you want to do. He went on in his sermon before he finished it. He was talking about the two foundations. He ended with that. There's no way a prophet, they called him a prophet. There's no way a prophet going to tell you anything that is not going to send you back to God. He was telling us how that there was two foundations on earth. He said clearly in Matthew 7, 24, he said, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the rivers rose, and the wind blew. Winds blew and pounded that house, yet it didn't collapse because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew and pounded that house, and it collapsed. It collapsed with a great crash. Now, what did he do? He, he told them about everything in that situation. He started out by telling them what blessings really are. 
This world try to make you think blessings is just money. He told you that if you persecuted, talked about, lied on because of him, you're really blessed. If you pour in your spirit because you love it on the Lord and, and, and you see all this mess is going on, know that you do because you praying and things. Yes, he said yours is the kingdom of heaven. Blessings is not stuff. He doesn't deal with that mess. He doesn't even deal with the flesh. He forgives us. He delivers us. When we're in a relationship with him, we're literally set free. We got to know better. I am praying for you all as you go through your life journey. Your assignments that he gave to you and your families on your job. The desires that you have in your heart. If you're lonely and you're asking for the Lord to give you companions and your wives. and Because well, when the Lord sees it, he sees his wives, he don't see girlfriend, boyfriend. So if you're not ready to be married, then ask the Lord to fix your, your desires and your appetites. Because he said clearly, if you do what I said, <laughs> you're a wise man. But if you want to do what you want to do, you foolish and you built your house on sand. It's going to fall and it's going to fall hard. Let us pray that the Lord, while we are praying over America, allow him to tell you everything he wants you to pray about. And then some of these things he'll have us to pray that we are dealing with, might not even know. And there was a time I, I did not know. I know that I had accepted the Lord five and a half years old. I told you all that and meant what I was doing. And that there was a time when I would say things such as, and you all know, you heard me, those who have been listening, I would say that, I had the, the most burden in my heart because every sin I ever committed was after I got saved. And not realizing that people taking that as if, oh, she was cons consistently sinning. And it would make the Lord look small. And he reminded me, he said, you need to change that. I understand clearly what you're saying. But it's not putting me in a good light. It's because I had gotten saved at such a young age and I was already being violated. And he snatched me up out of my body while this was going on in my life, or in my little body, by my uncle. See, a lot of times people don't understand. Yes, the Lord forgives us, and yes, we ought to tell our testimonies. But see, people get to the point, they don't want you to share your portion of the testimony if it's going to offend them because the person who did it to you, they can't see them have done that. And it doesn't mean that when that person is giving their testimony that they don't love that individual and that they're trying to keep them in that box. No. But your testimony was when you had gone through a test and now you are being able to tell people how good God is. I could have died the way he was treating that little body. He snatched me up and I'm watching this. And I felt three and a half the most excruciating pain in my life. He had never done that before, never said anything like that to me before, and not even after, but I was watching it like a hawk then. And how the Lord, when he snatched me up, and I'm feeling when he's doing this, he tell me, I am Christ, and you can feel him just rush me out. And unless you really know what I'm talking about, you don't understand that. And it's like I'm up on a ceiling watching this, not even quite at the ceiling, I'm almost there. And when he had done what he done, the enemy, not my uncle, and he brought me back in my body, 
And because I wasn't reacting a certain way, he looked like he was surprised. I knew it was the enemy. Because I felt that when the atmosphere changed before my uncle did this. Did that mean I didn't love him? I didn't even tell my parents. A lot of people say, well, the, the, the rapists and all of these. And, and they call these people all these names and all of this stuff. And, and, and they'll say, well, uh, he might have told her not to tell. He never told me that. I just knew I would have been raised as an orphan. <laughs> my little brother, sister, and I. Because my parents would have annihilated him. Either one <laughs> or both at the same time. <laughs> and I, for some reason, just didn't want that for my uncle. Of course, he rapped later. But then when you look at his testimony, if he was, and I'm really praying that he had gotten saved before he left here, was the sweetest, kindest man. Anybody who knew him knew that he was a loving man. But if you had known that when he was a little boy, he having to sleep in the same bed as his parents. And his father would come in the house and rape his wife while the child is in the bed. And the mother is saying, don't do that. Because he might be awake or he's asleep. And this child seeing this as a little boy thinking that's the way things are. You just push yourself on a woman. This woman loved him. My grandmother loved her husband. Loved him. She was with him since she was 14 or even young, probably 12 because they got married at 14. And then he goes off and gets somebody else and get another child and all of this stuff. And then somebody might have would have blamed her. Well, why? She wasn't a good enough wife to keep him. And then you look at his testimony. And I pray he had gotten saved. I don't know if he did because the situation he was in, it had to be a quick dealing. Only God could do that. That he saw his father, who was from Ireland, marry this woman. I thought the woman was, um, I knew that she was 18 when he married her. But I thought it was just a few years, maybe five or six years. And come find out, he was actually 25 years older than his wife. He was a Christian man, a real Christian man. He wasn't trying to rape no child. Like some people would think, oh, he just wanted that black girl. You know how the devil tried to play in America. That dumb junk. But anyway, it wasn't like that. I heard the stories all the time and how he loved her and talking to the Lord and, and, and all of these things, trying to bring his children before the Lord and had gone to a friend's house once. And he had my grandfather on the wagon with him. And when he got to the friend's house who had not seen my grandfather's children, he told my grandfather to let his boy go and uh, take the wagon to the back. And let him come in the back door and get something to drink. And my grandfather, they said, got beat red because he had the, the Irish, the real Irish, <laughs> red, red, red hair. He was Irish. And he got beat red in the face. He said, excuse me, no. If my son can't come in the front door with me and sit with his papa, then neither one would go in your house. It was the last time he saw his friends. He, he actually lost friendships and, and family members weren't speaking to him. He wasn't able to go to the church that he was going to anymore because at that time they didn't want black and white to marry. And you still got people now thinking that everybody was that way. They had to hate folks. When you're a Christian, you're going to think like Christ. You're not going to be trying to separate skin tone. You're not going to be trying to buy into all of this Marxism that somebody from different countries poured into this nation. 
You're going to see the word like it is. It is case files showing you what God has done. How he loves us. How in spite of our mess, he died for us. How that regardless of how low the enemy had taken us or we decide to do ourselves. But when we come to him and tell him we are sorry and acknowledge what we've done. Ask him to become our Lord and Savior. He immediately does so. And he doesn't throw back in our face anything we've done before. Now, it doesn't mean you don't have a testimony. To tell somebody else that where you've been and if they are there, they can come out of it. Folks, you shouldn't tell that. Why? You want me to feel small. You want me to deny the goodness of the Lord because you can't handle who did what they did. No, you need Christ. Because if you have Christ, you wouldn't see that, that they're trying to bash somebody. Many people would get delivered if people stopped trying to cover up the devil's mess. A lot of men have been molested by men. And they can't tell it because you want to put them in, in the grave and make them feel small. A lot of people don't think men get raped or beaten by women. And it's not because they're weak, because they're men and they know not to put their hands on them because they're a killer. But you, they can't say this. And then you have women that don't want to talk because, oh, what are they going to say? Look what position your husband has. He's the bishop. He's the apostle. He's the teacher. He's the this. He's the mayor. He's the president. Shut that down. He told us to be able to confess our faults one to another. They should be able to go to you and pray. And if you open the door for the Lord to heal and deliver and set free, we open the door for the devil. You don't allow the Lord to do what he want to do for us. Did you hear what the pastor was preaching at all? Or were you just sitting up there in the, in the church? Yeah, I know that a lot of people think that God is this Bible. He's not. He's not limited to these 66 books. And that might shock some folks. They might not even realize that there's more miracles he's done for us that's not even written here. But there are some things that, that folks have told us that he would never do for us that is written there. Ruth shouldn't have ever been in Christ's lineage of, in his family. Uh, 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 Rahab shouldn't have been in his family because the law said that they weren't supposed to marry a Moabitess or an Ammonite. But the Lord shows different. He knows why he do what he does. And when we get to know him, we won't be judging wrong. We are judged rightly. We won't be saying the white man is after us or the black man is after us. We will see Christ. We will see family. We will see an opportunity for God to be who he is. Regardless of what someone did. When they come to God, it's over. Some things, yes, we might have. We've done some things that might have a repercussion. I've been married <laughs> three different men and one of them three different times. <laughs> Y'all didn't know that, though, did you? And not because I wanted to. Not trying to boast. Because it's shameful to me. But the Lord took. He, he showed me, stop. I called you before any of this. And I've forgiven you. Well, because I'm trying to go out and try to 
just in the marriage. No, I wasn't that. I'm not trying to make excuses, but I just had a hard heart. I'm not going to take certain stuff. I didn't have that strength that the women above me had. <laughs> not in that area. No, I couldn't done what my grandmother, your husband, gone for years, and he come back and he's drunk and he's shooting a gun right in you in the bed and shoot that gun right by your ear. And he's a good shot. He wasn't trying to shoot you, but trying to scare you. And then she couldn't hear for days on end. No, I didn't have that kind of strength. So they can say what they want to about me. I'm good. The Lord has forgiven me. I wasn't going to take abuse. Didn't want to be abusive. And I listened to the pastor who forgave me. You got to listen to the pastor when they're trying to tell you stuff that you can't be who God called you. I don't care what folks say. A lot of women being criticized and put in hell because they're ministers and God called them. Because somebody took a scripture and said that she's not supposed to be preaching. She's supposed to shut up in the church and then read the rest of the letters. Didn't even look at the fact that he already had female apostles. He already had female pastors. He already had these things. But he was talking about a situation in them. And then they're saying that you, you're flipping the script. But then when it suits them about something else, they want to throw that at you. No. Listen to the pastor. What did he say in the church? I know that folks be saying you give pastors too much glory. We're talking about the most high God now, though. He's the one that knows the word. He is the word. And those who go to him, you're going to find healing and rest for your souls. I want to thank you all for joining me. I see a uh, woman of God, Nancy and, and Apostle Glenn and uh, Brother Joel and, and, and Sister Irene. I don't know who else is there, but I thank God for every one of you for stopping by, listening to, and we having our little conversation. I'm praying for you as you're doing what God called you to do. And he's got more for you to do. So many are so ready to get up out of here and, and, and I know you all are still trying to give them the, the opportunity to get things right with God because he's not coming back. And regardless of what people are saying that, oh, everything is lining up for him to come back. He said he's not coming back until all have heard and the kingdom has been preached and it hasn't been preached. You got a lot of preachers, but they're talking about stuff. They're not talking about the kingdom. They're not talking about a relationship with him. They're not even showing people or giving them the opportunity to get to know him. So how, why would he tell a lie? You got so many people so selfish that we're going to be out of here and they're going to be punished. And they just might be the ones that are being punished. Because they didn't do what God called them to do. Let's pray for every one of them. And continue to allow the Lord to do what he wants to do in us. Because as we know that when we love him, the more humble we are to be. And we can't help but be when you're in the presence of the Most High. I want you all to know that I love you with all of my heart. I truly, truly do. That's never going to change. And I pray that you feel it. And those who stop by, and if you ever decide to stop by again on a Friday night, you're going to hear me say the same thing again. And I'm going to tell you this too. That God loved you first, and he sure enough loves you best. God bless you, and good night.